0: It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Amanda Hesser is the author of the Essential New York Times Cookbook. She's been a food columnist and editor at the New York Times for more than a decade. And she's also the co-founder of Food52.com and lives in Brooklyn with her husband and their two children. Welcome to Amy's Table. Thank you so much. So how do you think cooking has changed over the years? Well...
1: Cooking has gotten sort of more interesting, I would say. Um, you know, we I think because largely because we've been exposed to many more foods. You know, because we go out to restaurants and we watch food television. You know, we expect a lot more from uh, even the recipes we cook at home. We yeah. want lots of flavors layered in there. We want texture. You know, we want some heat. And you know, I actually think it's made home cooking a lot more interesting and and kind of inspiring.
0: Well, you know, obviously you've had to go through these recipes over the years that you've collected and then put a little modern spin on them to because we do want those new and exciting flavors. But there's obviously been a lot that hasn't changed too. Is are there? Well, certain. I, go yeah, ahead. I would like to
1: make one note, which is that I, I actually did not put a modern spin on them. I, oh, in, in fact, I you know I really saw my role as um, one where I, I was. I set out to unearth the great recipes that, you know, had been kind of lost over time and that had been sitting in the archive, because the New York Times archive goes back to the 1850s. Oh, my and gosh. And so I really, you know, it's a, a kind of a panorama of recipes from then into, through 2009. And so, obviously, it's, the book is heavily weighted towards recipes in the past decade or two. But from the previous, earlier decades, you know, I tried to basically kind of elevate and show you the ones that were really kind of worth um, preserving and the ones that, you know, were n- noteworthy and really still relevant today. And I simply translated them for the modern cook because old recipes often were very rudimentary. Yeah. Not, didn't really tell you like how to do things. And so that was really what I did is I wrote them as modern recipes. Got it. I didn't, got I didn't, it. Got sort it. Sort of change their integrity.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, is there anything from the 1800s that you would find the modern cook wanting to prepare? I mean, was there something that jumped out there?
1: Sure. Well, there are a couple of things that you would think are incredibly modern. For instance, green tea ice cream.
0: No Um, way.
1: Yeah, and raspberry granita and dulce de leche, which Ah. you know we are all eating all the time now. Yeah, they've been around for a really long time. And then there are things like. Um, tortoni, which is this kind of almost like chew, chew, I don't know how to describe it other than to Say it's kind of like a chewy ice cream With this, um, with a um, A little
0: filling, like, I know a tortoni Yeah, macaroons, yeah.
1: Like, crushed macaroons on the outside It's so delicious um, There are really many, many Things from back then That are fantastic, I think of like There's this great beef stew where You just layer a very cheap cut of beef um, Like chuck or something Like that And um, um, in a, in a pot with potatoes and onions, and then you just add a little bit of cream, and then you cook it really slowly,
0: mm. covered
1: in your oven, and it all, the meat just kind of like falls apart and, and melts, and the potatoes, everything kind of, like all, all the sort of juices from the, the the ingredients kind of come together to create this like lovely sauce, and you don't wow. add any liquid. It's super easy. Anybody could make this, and it just kind of cooks itself. And it that was an, a 19th century recipe as well. But then there's tons of, like, modern stuff, and there are lots of really, like, good basics. Like, I mean, there are a lot of great, really basic bread recipes for everything from challah to um, Jim Leahy's no Need bread, there are things like um, Molly Katzen's Overnight Waffle, Amazing Overnight Waffles.
0: There, Wow, it know, is truly things. essential. I mean, truly, yeah, these, these so. are essential recipes, no doubt about it. Well, you obviously, there was more than one person with a waffle recipe or, you know, more than one bread dough or challah. So you came across all these variations. How did you select the one that should be included in the book? Well, so the first thing I
1: did, actually, when I started this project, was ask New York Times readers for their favorite recipes. I did it in the paper, and I got this huge tidal wave of responses in letters and emails. People sent their <laughs> original tattered clippings, and that was fantastic, because I could see where the patterns were. Like, I could see that there were people really loved cheesecakes and apple cakes, and they... Um, they love gazpacho and chicken recipes, and I um, and meatloaf, you know. And so I could see which specific recipes had really resonated with people, and that's how I sort of tested. Um, and then also, I was just like kind of used my own sort of knowledge of like what has happened in our food culture to to make sure that I included all the sort of seminal recipes and trends and important chefs who has whose work has been in the New York Times and food writers and. So that you'd have this book that really was kind of a one-stop shopping. Yeah. Everything from classics to the sort of, you know, Um, you know, great trends to, you know, things that we've forgotten about and to just really basic things that you would need for everyday cooking.
0: Well, you know, it's funny because we were sort of laughing at how modern the recipes from the 1800s, the granita, et cetera, et cetera, sounded. But there are certain things that I don't think we'll ever tire of, will we? In In the next century of things like meatloaf and those comfort foods, why is it, do you think, we stick to some of these basics?
1: Well, I mean, they're just really great, and I, I think <laughs> yeah. that you know, um, you know, we don't tire of trying to find ways to improve them, or um, you know, play around with the technique. And I think that's sort of what makes cooking fun: is that when you have this kind of commonality, this, this, um, you know, something like a meatloaf or a cheesecake that everyone kind of knows and has certain expectations around, and then you can tweak it and make it your own, or you know, come upon a new uh, variation that you've never thought of. And I think that that. Um, is what's really pleasing about cooking and also about eating.
0: Yeah. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Amanda Hesser. She's the author of The Essential New York Times Cookbook. Now, you know, Amanda, as much as the food, the home cook and, and food has evolved in the country, don't you feel like you're also met with people almost on a daily basis that don't cook at all? That kind of stuns me somehow. And obviously in the 1800s, you couldn't have gotten away with that. But- well,
1: Surely there were people in the 1800s who were in families who were not the primary cooks, and
0: that. well, that's... Well, that's true. But, but our but, options you know, are easier for dining out or getting carry out or whatever. But but for the people who really say they can't cook, is there something in this book they can cook? Oh, totally. I, I
1: really think this is a, a cookbook for all levels of, of cook. Because, you know, a lot of the most popular recipes in the New York Times were very simple. You know, I think of David Ayer's pancake, which is this, you know... Um, Oven baked pancake and we, that you do in a skillet, and it's like four ingredients, and you mix them. A whi- if you could stir, you can make this recipe. All you do is whisk them together: whisk together some eggs, and flour, and milk, and nutmeg, and pour it into the pan, and you're done. And it turns out beautifully. And you know, I think that a lot of the the cooking, a lot of the recipes that people loved and and continue to cook for decades and decades, tended to be like that. They tended to be accessible things. Yeah, and foolproof. Little, yeah, it had some special t- detail. Um, that could be made by novices or experts.
0: Well, you know, I think all it takes is a person who says they can't cook to have a simple but stunning success. Yeah. And their interest level just skyrockets. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think it's just like positive reinforcement. Exactly. Well, is there a recipe or two that is just an absolute go-to for you and your family?
1: Um, oh, gosh. Well, there are many. I think of, um, for instance, there's something called... Um, forget about or forget it meringue torte, and it's basically you you whip together a meringue and you spoon it into a um a tube pan, and then you put it in a hot oven and then turn off the heat and leave it there overnight, and it finishes cooking all on its own.
0: Oh, cool! And,
1: and then you just serve it with berries and whipped cream, and it's it's this it beautiful dessert. Everyone loves it. Um, and it takes no time at all. I mean that that's definitely um uh, um. You know, a regular that I, I take it to dinner parties. I serve it for dinner yeah. parties. I make it for my family. Um, the other one, I, you know, I, there are so many, but I think of Nigella Lawson's.
0: Um, I love her. Roast. I'm a big fan of hers.
1: Me too. Yeah. I love her too. And um, buttermilk roast chicken. You know, it's just you you, you marinate the the uh, chicken in buttermilk and so, with some other things, some herbs and and aromatics, and and then roast it, and it's
0: it's just. Mm, and moist. your house smells and good. And your, yeah, and your family looks happy when everybody's eating. I love it. Well, you know, you shared a recipe with us that I'm going to put on amystable.com for a purple plum tort. And the story behind this one is it was actually published in the New York Times, what, something like 12 times? Yes.
1: It was It's the most popular recipe from the New York Times, and um, it was published originally in 1983, and then I think about nine times after that, because, of course, back then, like, people would lose their clipping and they would beg Marion Burroughs, the writer, uh, to republish it because they didn't have otherwise have access
0: to oh, it. Oh, I forgot you know, about you can, that whole.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, like you can now. And um, and so, yeah, it just kind of took on a life of its own, and it's one of those things where it's um, anyone... It's really simple. Anyone can make it. You can take it to a dinner party. It freezes well. Um, Everyone loves it, and yet the plums give it this kind of distinctive character.
0: Yeah. Well, like the recipes that you described before that have become so classic is it looks like it's one of those things that anybody can have success with and turn out beautifully. Yes. Yeah. Well, wow. It really is an essential, essential cookbook. Again, it's the Essential New York Times Cookbook, Classic Recipes for a New Century by Amanda Hesser. And I'll put all of Amanda's information on amystable.com. But you also have to check out Amanda's site, Food52. Is that right? I've just turned the page. Food52.com. Exactly. Food52.com. Very cool. I went there and checked it out and signed up as a user. And it's just a very cool site. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Continued success. And we will try and work our way through all the recipes in the cookbook. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102.